Shall we pray? Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for everything. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you that you look to us through eyes of love. We thank you for giving us Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you that you saw something needful and important in us. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. We thank you that you did not give up on us. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Wow. We thank God for another evening to continue on to have a discussion with him through the pages of scripture. And I'm believing God that the purposes that God gave us at the end of last year, we are still on it. We are still on the path of fulfilling every desire that God laid upon our heart for the year 2022. Tonight's series or tonight's discussion rather is a very interesting one. It's the unconventional of what we mostly do here. And our topic for tonight is how was church today? <laughs> today is not more of the normal thing that we do, but it's just about, I want to just share my day with you. And I know you may not be listening to this on a Sunday, but we record it on a Sunday and I'm sure you may be um, some weeks after you listen to it. But God's word is always fresh and relevant. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. I would like to start off with the Hebrews 10, the verse number 24. Um, let's read um, the verse um, 23. And I read, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And for the kingdoms, it puts into brackets, meaning that this is not actually part of the original manuscript. So when the writer of Hebrews was writing, he didn't actually write this, but it just helps you to better appreciate the sentence. So he says that let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering and into brackets, for he is faithful that is promised. The very powerful scripture. So the faith that we profess, that we declare, so if you declare that you are a child of God, if you declare that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed, if you declare that you'll be the head and not the tail, if you declare that you live out God's purpose, the Bible is encouraging that hold fast unto this without wavering. Be like Papa Abraham who against hope still believed in hope. Even when hope is against you without wavering, you will be the head and not the tail. Without wavering, the stripes of Jesus purchase your healing. Keep on this profession. And the writer of Hebrews is letting us know why we should be bold in our profession. So that because he that has promised is faithful. He's dependable. He's reliable. He's unchanging. He's constant. He remains the same. But that's not our verse. Our verse is in verse 25. And it says that, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. So Paul is not Paul. The writer of Hebrews is letting us appreciate the fact that we are supposed to provoke each other. 
and unfortunately in the world what most people provoke each other is with their marital status or with their financial status so there are many people that post certain things on social media just to get at people they want to provoke them unfortunately not onto love and onto good ways so many a time the things we post we have two or three or four people in mind that we are just hoping that they see it and sometimes it's quite unfortunate or quite sad <laughs> if maybe you were intending a particular post for someone and the person did not view it or whether it is a status or whatsapp status the person did not view it and that's why people even like to hide their i think they call it receipt or something so that when they view your status you will know that they are viewed it just so that you don't get the satisfaction of knowing that they have noticed what you are posting it's quite interesting in the times we live in but yeah people do that and many a times people flaunt um um uh, an opportunity they have um a vacation they have gone to um and a, a good thing that they have had maybe a marriage or a beloved or any of those things not because they want to show public um, they want to display public affection for their beloved or for their spouse but just because they want to get at somebody they want to let you know that you need to have got a beautiful lady or a fine gentleman but the right of hebrews is again telling us that we are supposed to provoke people we are supposed to consider i like the way it says let us consider one another consider this guy consider him and provoke him but provoking unto love and unto good works it's it's a really important advice that the writer of hebrews is giving and sometimes when you have i remember particularly when i was in secondary school there was one thing that i loved about our fellowship even though some people may have issues about it that uh, are they just doing a show or something but the issue was sometimes you would see some people praying i remember those times when i used to go and pray in a in a school chapel sometimes maybe you go you meet somebody praying and you go and pray then in your mind you felt like oh you have really prayed you have really spent time with god and you are living and you should have hey, the guy you came to meet is still there <laughs> then sometimes you like nah i have to continue and that's one advantage of praying in a group because sometimes if you are praying alone you can easily be tempted to grow weary or to give up or to stop but sometimes in a group you, you if you are tired and you are now seeing that somebody is now <laughs> as you say changing gear in the spirit and i wonder that hey nah so all those instances are where people provoke us sometimes you think you are doing a lot for god but you realize that hey this brother who you may consider less fortunate than you are maybe you have something that this brother doesn't have but yet still the person is giving god his best it just provokes you if you think that oh you are living a decent life but you realize that no people are doing more for god it provokes you sometimes you may feel like you don't have money enough your salary is not enough for you to give a certain amount of money but then you find a brother or you find a sister who you know clearly that you are making more money than the person but the person always finds it in him or herself to give that provokes you say no i can't be giving this i can't be doing this and that is what the writer of hebrews is saying that we should do we should provoke people to love and to good works so tonight as i said it's not the conventional thing that we have i want to provoke you i don't want to tell you about provoking people but i would like to share how church was today with you and i'm believing god that it will provoke you so today i went to church and i was quite excited and i remember after i took my seat um, a friend came to sit by me and he whispered that hey, 
they say today be evangelism. So he was telling me that someone whispered into him that today we are going to do outreach instead of staying in church. So Charlie, he's looking for ways of running away. And I was like, oh, if today was evangelism, they would have put it on our WhatsApp platform. And, yeah, because you can't just wake up and a Sunday day. So apparently, the plan was that the entire church would have gone for an evangelism. But um, the leadership of the church realized that many people were not informed. And you know how um, Christians we can be, giving lots of tough diplomatic reasons that you didn't tell us we had plans and all those things. So... But the youth of the church decided that no, we have been saying we go for evangelism, but time has not favored us, or things always keep coming up. So today we would use the opportunity to go. So I didn't know I was standing, I think, in the course of the, at the earlier part of the service, and my chairman came to stand by me that we are leaving. I looked at him and said, We are leaving where? He says, We are going to do outreach. I said, Ah, we are going to do outreach, and he didn't tell me, although if they had told me earlier, it would have mattered. But I started to say, Charlie, 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 I'm not in the mood in quote for that. And it was like, Ah. He put on the platform. I'm like, really? I don't know. I've not been on WhatsApp for a while or for that morning. So, but I went to, I quickly went to check and I showed it to him that ah, nothing was there. And you scrolled and he realized that, oh, he rather placed an, an, a, a different message on it. Then he made a comment that, but Charlie, you know, whether you are aware, a soldier's always a soldier. And Porto Timothy, that Charlie, um, a, a military man does not entangle himself with a civilian. And so, if we had even told you earlier enough, what would you have changed? And I was I was really reluctant. I was reluctant because I didn't I I just didn't want to. Or I was not mentally prepared. So he said we will be going. I said you there when this time call me. I'm thinking about it. So about five minutes time he called me and I didn't really want to go. But I decided actually why not. So we went downstairs um some of the youth and we prayed and we set off. And there's a there's a particular um neighborhood or a particular kind of a slum um let's say about 10 minutes from our church and we decided that we go there i said hey we are going to do evangelism we will not go to the shops nearby that are open that you go and speak to we are going into a zone of of of, of smokers and people who are on all sorts of drugs and the rest i was like well i know mostly they we, we go in two so i'm like you there i'll be the one covering their back and taking the details of the people so I didn't really intend to um, speak. So when we got there, I realized that hey, it is one 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 because the, the, we wanted to cover a particular area, and we realized that um, we wanted to do it in the church service period, so that by the time we are done with the area, um, service would have closed, so that things would not drag. So ideally, we are all going each man for himself. And I was like, I really didn't see this coming. So we went to preach, and I just want to tell you um, four things I noticed for my outreach, all in attempts to provoke you. And by the concluding part, you will appreciate what I want to provoke you with. So the first thing I noticed was that I was surprised the eagerness with which people receive the word. And you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. I've been for quite a number of evangelism um, 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 campaigns and there are particular neighborhoods or particular vicinities you go to where you you just be kicked off or you just be snubbed. But we are going to a place that almost everybody's there is smoking or is on one marijuana or we after no kind of thing. So I was quite surprised the eagerness with which they received the word. I was expecting that when you even greet them, they'll be like, Charlie, we know what you're coming to say. Go, we are not interested. But I was really surprised that we're well entertained. And I was surprised the eagerness with which these people received the word. The first person I spoke to was a quite an elderly lady, maybe in her 40s. And 
I mean, even though language was a bit of a barrier because they speak a local dialect that I'm not well fluent in. But with my broken local dialect, I was really amazed the eagerness with which this woman received me and the eagerness with which she gave me a number. And she was expectant for me to call her, for me to visit her. And it really just re-echoed or reminded me of the fact that this gospel that we preach is really an everlasting or a non-expiring gospel. Because I'm sure that this is not the first time this woman has heard the word of God. But the eagerness and the joy, the enthusiasm by which she received us and she was engaging me in the conversation, I was just amazed. And it was so refreshing to notice that even though she didn't go to church and she had not been to church for a while, that kind of eagerness for the word of God. And she was even telling her, oh, I should feel free and always call her, visit her. If I'm like, oh, I stay around, I stay not far. So I will definitely come and visit. And I intend to. The second thing I noticed was quite interesting was that people are aware of the consciousness of sin or the sin that they are living in. Because in almost all the instances, not but most of the people that we visited who were either smoking or I don't know what else they were, they were smoking, whether we might do funny, funny things they were having in their mouth. A number of them hid it when they saw us coming. Not that we were wearing a police uniform or we were, we looked like, if you know me, I don't, I don't think I look like an <laughs> undercover agent or a CID or something like that. But immediately I introduced myself. After you do one or two, it's a quite a small neighborhood, so they could tell what you are coming to do. And I noticed that a number of them hid their cigarettes or the rolls that they had, and they were cleaning their mouth. They were just Charlie, preparing the place for you to come. And I was quite surprised because I felt like Charlie is <laughs> nothing. But it was it was just something that I noticed that people are aware of their condition. And when I spoke the word with most of them, I realized that most of them are aware of the void that they have in their life. Most of them are aware that the life they are living is not a life that brings satisfaction and the joy that they need, even though they may have a temporal happiness. Even though these people may be jumping and shouting and show signs of excitement, they all genuinely realize that there's a void that needed to be filled in their life. And it was such an, a refreshing encounter and a discussion I had with them. But that also made me aware of my third point, of the hold of sin and the devil in the lives of people. Because many of these people are aware that they needed to stop. You know, it is one thing that people, they don't want to stop. Even though they know that the thing is destroying them, they are enjoying their nature. But a number of them really do not want to live the life they were living. For many of them, life placed them where they were, especially because of um, um, finances and, uh, and a sketchy family background. And you could realize the struggle that these people were going through to break free from these addictions and from this, from the hold of sin. And it just reminded me of the scripture, I think in First John, that says that for this purpose was the Son of Man made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And you see so many young people, just like you and I, so many people that you could see great potentials in their lives, but they were under the hold of the evil one. And sometimes you will just feel so inadequate in preaching to the gospel because you know that there is something more that we need to do than just the preaching of the gospel. Because these people are helped 
captive and bondage. So you could see some of them inviting us, insisting that, oh, we should not just make this a one-time event. Not They were not just saying it hypocritically, but they were, showing, they were saying it in a genuine manner because they realized that this one-time event may just give them a certain wake-up call, but it would provide them with a lasting solution to break free from the lives that they were living. Many of them were aware that their lives were in chains. And it just dawned on me or it reminded me of the fact that we need to step up our game. That indeed we must break the yoke of bondage over the lives of people. And Jesus recognized this. So in his manifesto in Luke 4, he said that the spirit of God is upon me for a particular reason. To set the captives free. To proclaim freedom. To give sight to the blind. To preach the gospel of the good news. And as I walk in the neighborhood, seeing so many young people, I just realized the need for the anointing. I just realized the need, the importance of the church. Because these people's life, it is not education that will change them. These people's life, it is not a portable water that will change them. These people's life, it is not electricity that will change them. And you see, many people downplay the importance of the church. But the church is the only institution that changes people's lives. Education does not change people. As people like to say, education just trains the mind. But if the heart of the man is still the same, an educated demon is still a demon. That is why particularly in Ghana and Africa, our leaders are one of the most educated people in the populace. They went to wonderful schools and schools. Some of them were valedictorians of Ivy League schools. But these same people have become embodiment of greed and jealousy and all sorts of evil works because the education could not change their hearts. And many people, even many Christians, unfortunately, they downplay the importance of the church. And whenever the church is mentioned, they say, eh, you are not creating jobs. You are not doing this. You are not doing that. Everywhere you go in Ghana, every junction, every care, there's a church. Because they think that the only essence of man is to give, the only essence of the church is to provide electricity, is to provide jobs for people. But they will provide an essential service that no other institution can provide. That is the changing of the lives of people. And a classical example is the madman of Gadara. No psychology or treatment could ever change such a man of Gadara than the power in the word of God. Thank God for the church. And you know, many people don't appreciate the church. Many parents don't appreciate the church. But many parents are forgetting that their rebellious children only became good children because the church was there for them. Many parents, uh, you know, even in Malachi, the Bible talks about the father, there's a curse on the land because their sons are against the fathers and the fathers are against their sons. A dishonorable son, it is not education that will change your son. If you have a rebellious child, it is not education. It is not a good school. It is not health. It is only the gospel that has the power to save a soul and to change a life. But unfortunately, even we as Christians, we downplay the role of the gospel that can turn a sinner into a saint, that can turn the madman of Gadara into an apostle to ten regions that can turn common fishermen, uneducated and downtrodden people like the apostles into people that turn the world upside down. It is only the gospel that can change your friend, that can change your sibling, that can change your son, that can change your daughter. 
it is not education. So unfortunately, those people, they take their children to the best schools. They take their children to to, to um, strict schools, but their child still remains the same, forgetting that the only thing that can truly change a man is the gospel. That is why Mr. Paul said the other day that I am not ashamed of this gospel because this gospel is what changed a hardened criminal, a murderer like himself, to become an apostle that he became. He was a first-hand witness of the changing and the transformative power of the gospel. And this morning, my, 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 my evangelism outreach was really, really refreshing. So these were the four things I really noticed. That one, people are eager to hear the word of God. Especially this one really ministered to me because I feel like in Ghana, everybody, everybody has read the word of God before. But I remember that many people are yearning for a personal encounter with the word. Of course, not all everybody, but there are people out there that we need to reach out to. It made me aware that people are aware of their sin, but they just cannot help themselves because they are slaves to sin. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to translate us from the kingdom of darkness where we were slaves to the kingdom of light where we are sons. And this morning's outreach reminded me that people are aware that there's a void in their lives. But unfortunately, they are held bound by the devil. And it is only the gospel that can save a man's life. But I want to just narrow in on two people I met. Their initials start with, one starts with K and one starts with G. <laughs> so after I finished speaking to my people, I was returning, you know, we all return and we assemble again and um, we pray. And so on my way, I saw my chairman, the one who came to tell me that we are going. He was speaking to two people. And this, you know, the people I met, they were smoking, but when they saw me, they were they hid their smoke. Some cleaned their mouth, and they did. I, I don't know where they think I didn't see them, but I just took notes of two people that were still smoking and they were blowing the smoke <laughs> on my chairman's face. And I could just notice my chairman talking, talking, talking. I said, Oh, since me, I'm done, let me just go and stand by my chairman and give him some moral support. And I was intrigued by the discussion they were having. And this, their accent sounded like Nigerians, at least one of them, because, you know, mostly one of them is, even with two people like this, one is always more vocal than another. So there's a particular, there are two of them. One was really vocal, and the other one, he was just interested in his smoke. <laughs> so <clears throat> his paper that he had rolled, or whatever it is that he had rolled, the lights or the smoke would die out. Then he would take his colleague's own and reignite his own. And they were having a discussion. And I like the way this guy was talking about the Bible. And he wasn't talking about the Bible like um, um, as, as, as something he has heard, but something that he used to read. So I remember they were talking, and he was even like, yes, he has accepted Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior. Then you mentioned Romans, then you mentioned this, and that, eh, that even David was a man after God's own heart, and he was taking us through the life of David and the life of amazing people in the Bible. And I was just amazed. I was not surprised because Nigeria is also a very religious country, so I was not surprised by his depth in or his awareness of some some things in Scripture. And he was just saying things like, Charlie, we are all sinners. And you know, that's a very interesting approach. And you go to preach, you can I'm not a sinner, even though we all know that Christ has made us new creation. So the guy was like, he, he knows that, Charlie, this is his state. So every morning, he doesn't joke with his prayer. So he tells God, Charlie, forgive me. But my child was trying to encourage him that 
need to have a change of life and all those things. So when they feel that discussion, I just tap my chairman like, oh, me, I just want to share something with them. And I'll share a bit of what I shared with them. So at that point, one of the other guys who was mostly silent, he was just there occasionally giving some jabs and some point lines. But he stood up to, I think he went to look for another lighter or so, and he came back and I was like, oh, if they don't mind, I'm not, my chairman was discussing, we were having like a Bible discussion, but I don't want to discuss. I just feel like I have a word from God unto them. Then I started to speak to them. And the interesting thing for the approach, I would share with you my approach, because I want to provoke you, was that I noticed that the two of them believed in a certain sense in the word of God. They claimed that they accepted Jesus and Lord. And I asked them a simple question, that both of you appreciate salvation, you appreciate so you believe that Jesus came and died? He said, yes, they know all, all those things. And I asked him a simple question. That to what, or why would you think that God would go this extent to die for them if their life was just about what they were living now? And fortunately for us, a, a, a cock, a, a, a chicken, a baby chicken <laughs> was just passing by. And I pointed to the chicken. I was like, why would you think God would come and die for us if our lives were just like the chicken over here? Because all of us, it's all about hustle. And, you know, we say, Charlie, we there with the hustle. We, we wake up, we grind, you know. And I was speaking pretty with them. So I was like, when we wake up, you're all about the grinding. We need to get money. We need to hustle. We need to make things work. Just for us to go back to sleep again. And the cycle will continue to check out of here. And I was like, it's the same thing that these animals are living. Because they need to wake up, they hustle, they need food. They give birth and they sleep. And at that time, they will end up in our soup or in our stew. And I noticed that as I took this approach, both of them stopped smoking and their eyes were gazed upon me because for some strange reason I had asked a question that seemed to trigger a void or a chord in their hearts because if both of them realized that God sent Jesus to come and die for them then that means that there must be certain importance to their life so that was the question I posed to them you know all our these wonderful stories you believe in Jesus, you have accepted him as you claim, but do you think that God will send Jesus just for us to continue to live a normal life. And at that point, I could literally see what Paul saw, I think, in Acts chapter 14, I think from verse 7. Go and check out that story. Paul was preaching him. Paul could see a particular lame guy on the floor who could not walk, obviously. And as Paul was preaching him, and Paul saw that this man had faith. And Paul yelled, that, get up. And the guy got up. And I don't know, but as I was just speaking to them about the gospel, about the fact that there must be a certain importance to their life that will cause God to give Jesus. I noticed the way they fixed their gaze upon me, especially the other guy. Because throughout the time I went, he was more interested in lighting up his cigarette or his role. But all of a sudden, both of them switched off their role or their cigarette, whatever it was they were doing. And they were just looking at me. And I told them that have they ever asked themselves, why God will go this extent just to save them? Because God did not make that effort to save angels. God did not make that effort to save Lucifer. God did not make that effort to save the animals. But there must be something relevant about man that God will go the extra mile. And at that moment, I could just sense that God was clearly speaking to them for about five minutes, or um, I don't know, but I was just pouring out God's word to them. And I could see that something was going on in their inside. So I told them that, oh, since they stay around, not far from my house, I would definitely be visiting them. And they were eager for me to come. So instead of, and obviously because they had 
they believe in them, that they are claim to accept the Lord's love. I didn't lead them to a salvation prayer or saying salvation. But I wanted to pray. And the prayer was simple that God, why did you die for me? And as I led them to obviously I led them to pray, then I prayed for them. Something interesting happened. As I finished praying, it's like I was drunk. I was so happy, joy unspeakable. I just felt a certain laughter in my soul. And I noticed that the other guy experienced the same thing. I was just, and at the point, like, I was so excited. I, you know, <laughs> I was like, I was jumping on my, after the prayer, I just felt so happy for them because something just struck a chord in my heart that this simple prayer that I've spoken to God, God is going to answer this prayer for them. And one of the guys, the, the quiet guy noticed it. I felt that, or I sensed that he noticed that something, God is going to take this prayer, like God is going to hold them to this prayer. So I was just full of joy as I was telling them, them as I was taking their phone number and telling them that this visit will be regular. And the guy just, and the other guy was like, ah, why am I so excited? I was so happy for them. I told Charlie, you have no idea how God is going to blow your mind. And the quiet guy or the relatively quiet guy could also just sense a release in the spirit. And I was so happy. And I really understood to a small extent why there is joy in heaven at the saving of one person. On a technical basis, this soul may not have been saved, but God answered that or was answering that prayer so as i was working so i so after i finished the prayer i should have just left but i said i was just chatting with them still taking them through scriptures and i was just so happy at the point i felt like telling if i don't control myself and stop they would think i'm mad because as i was speaking i was just so happy like at the point i went to go and hug one of them but both of them okay one of them was bare chest as let me mix that <laughs> before and so I asked, and the guy was like, oh, he doesn't have, both of them, like, we don't have a number, but they have a, a laptop that they use for WhatsApp, that they should, I should WhatsApp them. So it was on my way back home. So we met, of course, then we prayed, and we took the numbers, and we are planning how we do a follow-up and ensure that all the people we have spoken to, because so far, all the people we spoke to, they really received us. They really received us. So we are strategizing on how we make sure that we will do an effective follow-up and all those things. So immediately, we dispensed. I was walking back home. That was when God gave me the four points or I was bringing over the four points I shared earlier on. But then something just kept occurring to me. The joy I felt for this guy. Because, so I even made a statement, I even told the guy that Charlie, do well and take a picture. Because the image you are seeing right now, God is going to so change your life that when you tell people that this is who you were, they will not believe. The guy was just, the guy could see the, the, the I don't see the confidence, but the vim and the and the joy on my face. As I was telling actually, make sure that they take a picture of their lives right now. Because I'm confident in the God that they pray to. That this God will change their lives. So on my way back, as I was just, I was so excited, you know. I wanted to go and tell Charlie this what happened, but it was still in the morning and my people that I will share these things with, they will be in church. So I was just like walking home, you know, it's like a child who has got a lollipop and is going home. I was just going home and bouncing. I was just so eager and happy. And I was asking myself, why haven't I been doing this very often? And that's also my final word to, that's what I want to provoke you to. Because you know, sometimes with us, we can so get up or we can so get used to a routine that we miss out 
on the spice of our relationship, both with God and with man. So if you are dating or you are married, you think that, oh, me and my wife, we are on good terms, we always communicate, things are cool, we are like, everything is normal. But sometimes, because we get used to this routine, we are not deliberate on creating those special moments with our partners, with our wives, or our husbands, and even with God. Because I know that you pray, you go for prayer meetings, you are always in church, you are always giving, you are loving people, you are always forgiving. So you always feel like you and God, everything is alright. Of course, everything is alright. But once in a while, as often as possible, you must spice up your relationship. And that's why I began to appreciate the importance of things like vows day. You know, we the spiritual ones, we always say, oh, I don't need a day to show you love. Every day in the year, I'm showing you love. It's true. But then sometimes you can get so caught up in a routine that we forget to be deliberate on doing extra things at particular times. So many of us listening to us, we are good Christians. I have no doubt about this. You love the Lord. Your heart is after the Lord. You give offering. You are always working in the house of the Lord. If you get the opportunity when you are at work, you share the gospel. I know you do those things. Your life and living sermon. But I just want to remind you that once a while, get dirty. Go to the field. The field of souls. I know you preach the gospel at work. I know. Mr. Doctor, I know you preach to your patients. Madam Accountant, I know you preach to your clients. Mr. Teacher, I know you preach to your students. But once a while, go to the streets. Go to the fields, go to the battle line, go to the battlefront and get dirty. It's a very important word that God gave to me. That's because I felt like, oh, I do a podcast, I do this, I do this, Charlie. I am working, I am doing, I'm loving God, I'm expressing my love to God. You see, it's like a, it's like a husband who thinks that maybe I, I take care of my wife, I pay the bills, I protect her, I, 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 whatever, whatever. So he may, the husband may feel may not feel the urge to, to take her on a two-week store to Dubai, to eat into Spain because it feels like I've given my wife everything she needs. But once in a while, spice up the relationship. So once in a while, spice up your work with God by going to the battlefield. I want to provoke you that the joy I felt today, my God, is unexplainable. And I've been wondering why haven't I been doing this much often? It's because I've been caught up in the routine of my life. Because I know that, oh, I'm trying my best to live for God. But there is more we can all do. There is more we can all do. And this is also the importance why we must write things down. So right now, I want to challenge all of us. Write five ways that before December, you want to express your love to God. Because, you know, as I said, all of us are decent Christians. We go to church almost every Sunday. Unless, in quotes, maybe we get tired and... Today we just we listen to sermons, we give to the poor, we give to, 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 to build our churches, we give for evangelism, we do all these things. But sometimes you are just in a routine, and God wants us to spice our relationship. So I want to just provoke you. Write five things you don't do on a regular basis that you want to do before the end of 2022 as an expression of your love. As an exp- I know you pray, I know you read the Bible, I know you have a quiet time. I know you are an usher in church. I know you are a music director. I appreciate it. But spice things up. And I really, really want to provoke you. That is all that my sins about how was church today. For me, church today was God reminding me to spice my relationship with him. And God gave me a word which I'll be ending with. And it's the advice that um, Paul told Timothy. 
in Second Timothy chapter 4, the verse number 5. And as I was just bouncing my way home, you were one of the scriptures that um, the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart. It says, but watch thou in all things. And that's what I said. Sometimes we are loving God in our personal lives. That is our personal fellowship. We are loving God in our public service. We don't joke with church activities. We are loving God at our workplace. We are not involved in stealing. We are not involved in greed. We are not involved in politics and bringing people down. But it says, watch in all things. All things. And it says that, endure afflictions. Comma, and this is the part that the Holy Ghost ministered to me. Do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. You, I know you're not an evangelist, Madam Singer. I know you are not an evangelist, prayer papa. I know you are not an evangelist, word, 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 smita. <laughs> I know you are not an evangelist, the, the ministry of helps, Madam. You are, you are chief helper in the church. Hey, protocol head, I salute your oil. But God is saying, I do the work of an evangelist. I know you preach as a teacher in school, you preach at morning assembly. I know you preach the gospel to your colleagues when they are talking about fornication, when they are talking about the frivolous things they do during the weekend. I know you preach to them. But do the work of an evangelist. Go to the mission field. Reach out to people that your lives are not connected to them in any way. I know you preach to your sister. I know you preach to your brother. But go to people that your lives are not connected to any way. People who have been bamboozled by sin. People who have been maligned and tormented by the devil, go to those people. He says, do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of your ministry. We need to be genuinely concerned for people that we do not know, people that we have no benefits from because of our love for God. And I'm believing God that the joy I felt today, I will not make it a one-day joy to another year. But I'm making a commitment to God that the people I said I will visit, since they are not far from my house, I will make that commitment to keep visiting them. And they are going to be a sure number one on my list. You know, as I said, because you pray, but look at your prayer topic. Frankly, just take a look at the things you pray about. It's either they're about me or myself or I. Are you not tired about praying for a beloved? Like, oh, pray. Are you not tired about praying for a good job? Are you not tired about praying for an opportunity? Are you not tired about praying for financial breakthrough? Are you not tired about praying for your sister, for your brother, that your brother should find a wife or your sister should find a husband? Your mom should be, I know it's good. It's fantastic. They are on my list too. But I just want to remind you that I know that you pay the bills. You're always nice to your wife, but please, Christmas, take your wife on a tour to Spain. And God is saying that, do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. I want to provoke you. Even as God provoked me today, I want to provoke you. That sister, at least for the month, the month that we are in, I don't know when you've been listening to, dedicate that month to pray for people that have no connection to your life whatsoever, as far as you can see, and want to start tonight. I want us to pick up someone Somebody maybe he may be at work, that security man that you just greet and you pass by. Don't pray for the colleague you, talk, you always talk to. Yeah, your, your friend that work. No, no, no. Pray for that colleague that he may not even know you are in the same company or organization. Pray for that student, that person who's always at the back bench and you are a front bencher. And you don't you don't have not even spoken to him or her before. Pray for that person. Even as I pray for the people that I ministered God's word to and make it your effort. I want to provoke you to jealousy. 
the way today I was able to talk to, I don't know how to even call them, dragadets, or I don't know which way to call them. <laughs> the way I have done it, you too, you can do some. I want to provoke you tonight, or whichever time you are listening to me. I want to provoke you to prayer. I want to provoke you to do the work of an evangelist. So let's spend some time. Whoever you have picked up in your that you want to pray about, let's spend some time speaking to God about a person. Speak to God about a person. Somebody you know is being bamboozled by Satan. Jesus said that for this purpose was the Son of Man made manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. Everybody you know is under the hold of alcoholism. Everybody you know is under the hold of the love of money. Anybody you know who is being tormented by lust. Anybody you know who is being arrested by drugs. You want to just lift up a prayer for the person. Lift up a prayer for the person. Intercede for the person. The Bible said, Paul said that my children in whom I labor in birth until Christ again be formed in you. You want to lift up a labor prayer, a labor prayer for the souls that you know are being bamboozled. People that most, even if they should mention hundred people who are praying for them, they will not mention your name. You want to lift up a prayer for them. The Paul told Timothy that do the work of an evangelist Make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. Continue to pray for that person. Continue to pray. Continue to lift up your hands. Continue to lift up your voice for that person in your neighborhood who you always see and pass by and just greet hi and hello. That person you know who is under the bondage of sin. That person you know who is still a member of the fraternity of the devil. You want to snatch up that soul. The hymn says that Men die in darkness at our side without a hope to share the tomb. Speed, speed thy work. Speed thy work, good Christian. I know you are Christian, but speed up your work and do the work of an evangelist. Get your hands dirty. Go on the fields. Go on the mission fields. Get your hands dirty. Do the work of an evangelist. Do it, do it, do it in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for grace that continually stir us up. Continually stir us up that we will do the work of an evangelist continually stir us up that we will not be at ease in Zion hey, woe to us who are at ease in Zion continually stir us up that woe is unto us if we preach not the gospel hey, woe is unto us if we preach not the good news because the spirit of God is upon us not to just open doors of favor but the spirit of God is upon us that we may preach liberty to those who are bound that we may preach the gospel to those who are lost, that we may give sight to the blind. The Spirit of God is upon us because He has anointed us, Lord, to heal the sick. He has anointed us, Lord, to preach and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And we are going to make, we are going to fulfill every reason why the Spirit of God is upon us. Help us, Lord, and continually remind us to do the work of an evangelist. Thank you for an awesome time in your presence and in your word. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. How was church today? Feel free to share us whenever you listen to it. Maybe it's on the Monday or on a Tuesday. We would like to know how your church was today. My church service was outside church. The church outside church. See you next week. Even as we start a very interesting series. And remember, we are still giving God our best. And we are owing no man nothing but love. This week, be intentional of inviting someone to listen to join me on Renew Your Mind podcast. See you next week. 
Bye-bye. If not for